Hump Day, Oregon. I'm Finn J.D. John, FJ at OffbeatOregon.com, and this is the Daily Offbeat Oregon History Podcast. It's Wednesday, so this is an archive show, but it last aired two to ten years ago, so unless you're a hardcore, long-time listener, it's probably new to you. Thanks for downloading, and I hope you enjoy it. This story was first published on February 6th of 2010 under the headline, For Oregon Pioneer Family, Highway Robbers Were Lifesavers. Here we go. There is a reason Mackenzie Pass, that's Highway 242 over the Cascades from Springfield to Sisters, is closed in wintertime. The pass can be a dangerous place after the snow starts to fly, which can happen any time after about Labor Day. A century ago, though, the weather was only one of the dangers facing travelers on the pass. Highway robbers were another. These operators patrolled the pass looking for travelers who had gotten stranded by the sudden blizzards and frozen to death. Sometimes, when they encountered travelers who hadn't gotten around to dying yet, they helped the process along with their six-shooters. And then, of course, they helped themselves to the now-ownerless horses along with whatever loot they could pack before shoving the wagons off the road bank and into the canyon below. This was exactly the treatment George Harvey Dyer expected to receive in the fall of 1897, And though it's not clear why he didn't, it's at least a good possibility that he was saved by his six children. Dyer was a Civil War veteran, a Southerner who had been forced to fight for the North after he was captured, or so the story goes. Whatever the real story was, his service in the Union Army made him unpopular at home in Arkansas after the war, so he emigrated to Oregon and settled near Woodburn. But in the late 1890s, his wife died, leaving him with six children— three boys and three girls, none of them over ten years old, and he found out about an opportunity for work in the town of Burns. Dyer packed the kids in his wagon and set out. He headed south to Springfield, taking advantage of the Willamette Valley's relatively excellent roads, and then took the Mackenzie Pass route toward Bend and eventually Burns. This almost turned out to be a fatal mistake. It was late in the year, early autumn in fact, And if you've ever been over the pass in the spring or the fall, you know how striking and sudden the change of climate is there. While people are still swimming in lakes and frolicking on beaches below, snow is piling up around the D. Wright Observatory. As Dyer got near the summit of the pass, his luck ran out. A blizzard settled in on him. Snow blew and drifted in the wagon road. His horses were floundering in it. The wagon was skidding behind them, dead weight like a sled with no runners. It didn't look as if they'd make it. This must have been a soul-crushing realization for Dyer because he was within a stone's throw of the summit of the pass. If he could just make it to the summit, gravity would give the horses enough help to move the wagon down the other side, but heave and thrash as they might, the big animals simply couldn't do it. That's when the highwaymen showed up. Three of them, on horseback, bristling with weapons. As Dyer's great-grandson tells the story, the old man, pretending not to know what they were up to, looked them straight in the eye and asked for their help, pulling the wagon over the pass. And after a long and chilling silence, they tied their lariats to the wagon and helped drag it to the top. Why would hardened criminals do that? Well, it seems likely that the prospect of murdering a wagon load of toddlers and elementary school-aged children was more than they were willing to undertake. 
Or maybe they were just feeling unusually merciful that day. Who knows? In any case, had it not been for the arrival of those three bandits, the entire Dyer family would have frozen to death a few yards short of the pass. Thanks to the robbers, they were able to make it to Burns, where Dyer was able to take advantage of that opportunity he'd heard about and go into business as a casket builder. Key sources in this story have included just one, George Harvey Dyer's great-grandson, Ed, writing in Oregon Magazine. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you enjoyed it. This podcast is part of Offbeat Oregon History, a public history resource for the state we love, which is in turn a division of Pulplet Productions, a boutique publishing house that specializes in audiobook and regular book editions of stories from the classic pulp fiction era. Robert E. Howard, Algernon Blackwood, Edgar Rice Burroughs, and so on. More info can be found at pulp-lit.com. This podcast is covered under a Creative Commons license, type CC by SA International 4.0. Our theme music is by the Atlas String Band and was written by Carmen Ficara. Listen and download more at atlasstringband.com. Got an idea for a show I should do, or just want to say hi, or maybe you're going to be in Corvallis sometime soon with time for a cup of coffee or a pint of Hammerhead? Drop me a line at fj at offbeatoregon.com. Fresh episodes of Offbeat Oregon History come your way at around 6 a.m. every weekday morning. So if you're looking for the next one, you haven't long to wait. Till then, go fill up the rest of the day with good stuff. Bye now. Bye now.